Welcome to the Cool Fireman Podcast, a virtual firehouse kitchen table with What's a Rolfie, Unky, Fireman 1231, JDB Cubed, and Fireman Freddy. Let's get to the show. Welcome, everybody, back to the Cool Fireman Podcast with the Dear Chiefs Podcast. We are doing a very fun crossover episode here with our new friends, Audra and Chelsea. Welcome them to the podcast. Thanks for coming on, lady. Thanks for having us. For having us. So fun. I can tell it's it's going to be rowdy. It's going to be rowdy. If you guys haven't checked out the Dear Chiefs podcast, look them up. They've got a very active Instagram going on right now. You can find them on all podcast platforms. Um, I tell you what, it is not just for the firewife. It is very good insight for those of us who actually do work uh, the job. It uh, helps us get into the minds of what our wives are saying about us when we're not at home. So uh, we are going to dive into uh, something today. Uh, We're going to try and squash some misconceptions. We're going to have some fun. Uh, It's going to get rowdy. That's just the way it is. Um, But to start off, um, I think the best way to do this is we're going to take about five seconds real quick and we're going to do a moment of silence uh, for anybody who may have lost uh, somebody in the first responder uh, family uh, this past week. So five seconds of silence, please. Thank you uh, very much for that. We do that every podcast. It's very important to us. So I love that. Uh, very sweet. Right, right out the gate. Um, the the uh, the big topic, I guess that that uh, maybe gets overlooked the most is what happens when we're at work and um, you guys are still at home and you have the kids or. You have your own careers or the house, the windows are leaking or the the sink overflowed or the toilet backed up. And uh, my wife, uh, who is an avid listener, avid listener to the Dear Chiefs podcast, um, gave me a list of things that she wanted me to bring up today to discuss amongst all of ourselves. So this is, this is going to get real dirty. Uh, I can tell this is going to get really dirty because, you know, oh, none of this stuff, Freddie, none of this stuff actually happens. They just say <laughs> that it happens. And then all of a sudden it's magically fixed the next day. We get in eight o'clock in the morning. I walk in with my backpack. Oh, honey, it's all fixed. The spigot was leaking, but I took care of it. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, God, fair the heroes. Oh, that spigot still leaking like six uh, months in. That spigot's still leaking. <laughs> it here first we are definitely the heroes Andra. i think i have to agree with freddie on that one like <laughs> we're the real heroes in this scenario right yes so Andra chelsea if you could do me a favor and say hi to emily real quick that would be awesome hi emily thanks <laughs> hi, for listening emily. hi emily you are definitely the real hero <laughs> so um the the first thing that came to her mind almost immediately was actually uh brought up on one of your guys's podcasts and it is the default parrot. So um, can you guys dive into that just a little bit um, and, and what that means to you, the default parrot? 
She want to go? Uh, I was going to ask you if you wanted to go, but I would go if you, I will start and you can finish. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> I guess we have to start with what is the default parent? Um, the default parent is the parent that the children go to the most with their worries and their cares. Um, it's the parent who is the steadfast person that's always there. They know if I call mom or dad, whoever that default parent happens to be, they're going to be here. Like I'm, I know for certain this is going to be a thing. So it's just the default to that person because it's natural, right? That's where they get the yes answer. That's well, actually, no, no, <laughs> no, no. The default parent is not the Disneyland parent. Thank you. Okay. Yes. The default parent is very much the. Well, my 18 year olds giving. Do you want to say the rule maker? Like what? It, I think. What say? I no, think it's consistent. the one that's there. I think it's con- yeah, they're consistently. Yeah, the consistent one. The line, yeah. um, consistent, constant steadfast whatever you want to call it um and that comes with a pretty heavy mental load like really heavy mental load especially when you're in a circumstance like ourselves where your husband or wife may be gone 48 hours 72 hours in in my experience 30 days um yeah um so that default parent is really, I mean, they have no choice but to be the default parent, right? If they're the one at home, that there's no other option. Um, and so, yeah, does that answer your question about what a default parent is? Yeah. Perfect. No, I think, I think it's awesome. I love the term default parent too, because, and I don't know, Fred uh, and Unky, I don't know if you can relate to this, but a lot of the time, so I have a 10 and eight and a four-year-old at home. And, um, and it happened more when they were a little bit younger, but uh, it's, it's happening less now, but I'll get called mom, like, Hey mom. And then they'll go, they'll like, look at me like, I mean, dad, that happens all the time. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, it's no fault to theirs. I mean, it's just, they see their mom way more often than they see me that she's obviously the default parent. So, which I don't mind so- because I am home and at three o'clock in the morning and the four-year-old walks into our room, she goes to her side. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess to dive further into that, what exactly specifically does your wife want to know, Freddie? The, uh, well, I I think she was she was throwing topics out that she thought were very good. Um, okay, conver- conversation things, and it's funny. Um, some just completely clicked in my head. And it's and it's weird when we were just talking about that default parent is there's times that um, I'll be, I don't know, sitting in the living room or something and my daughter will come uh, from downstairs, walk all the way past me and go into the bedroom where my wife is doing something and ask her to like help her with something in the kitchen or something yeah. or like completely. And and I'm like, hello. Yeah. So I'm going to, yeah. So I'm going to actually say the same thing I said on the last podcast that we had with, um, gosh, anyway, the one that you referenced. Um, so that same day, that same week, my husband had come home after being gone for, I don't don't even know, like 15 days. Um, and one of my kids was like, 
I was in the middle. I think I was writing something for Instagram or something. I don't even remember what I was doing. Something. I was involved. And he's literally like coming at me with questions. And my husband's standing not even five feet away from me. Like, what the heck, dude? I'm standing right here. And it was like this moment where I was like, wait, wow, this really does happen. This is, you know, I had an out-of-body experience almost like, whoa. And then I was like, you could see like this sad look on my husband's face. Like, dude, I'm not needed. Am I invisible? Like, do I exist? And I felt so bad. I was just like, this, this has got to be, I can't even imagine being the person that isn't the default parent in these situations, coming home and having the kids still coming to mom, especially when they're older, because I feel like we all desire to have a relationship with our kids, obviously, even when they're young. But when they get older and they can actually have a reciprocal relationship, I mean, that's got to be so tough for them, like to come home and it's just like automatically they're coming to mom or dad, the other parent. Um, And so Audra and I are big advocates of not calling ourselves solo parents or single parents because there is another person that comes home that you can rely on to some extent. You're making parenting decisions. You're making, you know, financial decisions and things for your kids. And so if anybody's listening to this and you call yourself a single parent when dad or mom is gone, please stop because that's not not accurate. Not accurate and not doing you any favors. You are a default parent for sure. But you're not a single parent. You have a guy or a gal coming home to you. That being said, if you are a single parent listening to this, I'll, I'll look more power to you. And if yeah. our hats are off to you, I was a single parent for a while. So I know what that's like. And it's definitely way different than being married yeah. and having a firefighter or first responder coming in and out of your house. So. With uh, w- with that is, is a good uh, pivot point to uh, another topic that she said... Um, is is very prominent in our house and, and I'm sure it's it happens across kind of all first responder families but um we had Matt had spoken about it at one point on another podcast kind of just off the cuff very nonchalantly but uh when when Emily had listened to our podcast she was like oh my god that happens here every day and it's uh where she feels like or maybe we feel like we're in the way so we're gone. When we're gone, you guys have to develop a routine. It, it's just the way that I'm sure that you guys survive. And this is obviously coming from my side of the fence. But, you, you know, kids got to get up at a certain time, eat, breakfast, and we're going to eat lunch. Uh, maybe we're doing homework. They have to get picked up, uh, sports, extracurriculars, what have you. You've guys got that down, down to the minute or what have you. And then here comes, you know, here comes a bull in a china shop getting off a shift, and they're like, "Hey, what can I do? I'll start making beds. I'll empty the dishwasher." And there's been times that my wife is like, "Um, so at some point today, can you mow the lawn, like, just outside, somewhere else?" And I'm, oh yeah, absolutely, I'll help. <laughs> when you have these conversations, you realize, oh, I'm in the way. Like she has a routine that she goes through every morning to keep some type of structure. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty standard. I mean, it's we talk about it a lot integrating back into the house in two different ways. Right. It's like one, making sure that uh, 
the firefighters in the right frame of mind to walk in the door and two that the family can function as a unit again when they come back home right we've talked about this on the podcast a lot um chelsea and i talk about it all the time but it's one of those things where it's like i know for me i have to consciously pay attention to allowing my husband space to live in the house right because you do, you go through this like routine when they're not home and then they come home and you're like, oh my God, why are you here? And then it's like, oh shit, you live here too, right? Like, why are you like, here? So we have to, I practice this and we were actually joking about this yesterday because he just came off of a 72 hour shift yesterday and came home, did a bunch of stuff for our neighbors, comes back, gets in the pool and he's like, what can I do? How can I help? And I'm like, you can just sit there. I'm going to do some stuff and then I'll let you know if I need anything. And he, you could tell him, he was like, he wants to be part of it. They want to get, you want to come home and feel like, not that you're needed, but that you are well wanted, right? That, that you live here too. And um, it's a very conscious effort to make sure that they feel that they're still part of the household um, when they haven't been for a few days. So it's, it's definitely a practice. I mean, we've been doing this for 15, 16, going on 16 years. And I'm still like, oh, wait, no, yeah, you can totally cut the lettuce or sure. Do you want to barbecue? You know what I mean? Like stupid stuff where it's just getting him to feel like, oh, yeah, I, I'm in this house too. Like, you know, um, so that's it's, uh, yeah, let's, it takes a lot of practice. But yeah, I can, yeah. And I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. I think too, like, we're constantly having conversations in our house about what are your plans for today, mm-hmm. right? So even this morning, like before anybody was up, I asked my husband's on vacation right now, so like he's home, which is amazing because he's been gone for so long, um, <laughs> and it's crazy, and I don't really know what to do with him since he's here. Um, oh yeah, that's what your face looks like. Um, <laughs> he's sitting here this morning, and I'm like, so like, what do you what what do you plan today? What 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 did you want to do today? Um, and I think that that's a really important question to ask because they may have even coming home and we have our routines and we're doing our stuff and the kids have their places to go. They may have something they want to do with us or they want to do on their own. And that just like that preloaded coffee in the morning conversation gets us off on the right foot. So now we're all on the same page. These are the 10,000 things I have going on today. What do you want to do? You know, so just a thought. So I was just going to piggyback off the whole routine thing. Cause like Freddie said, I'd bring, I brought it up before. I think it's, it's huge topic between uh, married people, you know, in the same household and coming home and just not like, do I, do I empty the dishwasher? Does that help? Or, you know what I mean? Like the routine, like you're just not in the routine. I mean, we've said that over and over and over already, but it's very important. Um, but we bought a new house uh, four years ago and I told my wife, I said, what? I'm like, what? Or I asked her, I said, why did you put the silverware right there? And she's like, well, that's where it's supposed to go. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. You know, so I dealt with it. So I go to work and the silverware is always in all of our firehouses. We only have four in all of our firehouses to the left of the sink. So I grab a spoon or whatever. And then when I go home and it's as dumb as this, like maybe people can relate to this. Maybe they can't. I go home and I, and I swear to you, I pull that same drawer at home and it's where our cutting boards are. 
and I like slam it shut and I'm like, God damn it. I'm like, seriously, like there's supposed to be spoons right there. There's supposed to be a fork. But now I have to do an about face and turn around because it's across the island on the other side. So I open it up and I get a fork. I swear to you, I do it every time. And as, what was what's funny is I was out of work for six and a half months. I had a medical problem. Um, and so I was out. So I was at home for six and a half months. And now I'm doing it at work. I'm like, I flip around to look for a gosh darn fork. <laughs> like, <laughs> dang it. I'm like, I can't win. This is crazy. Um, well, and you're kind of lucky that all the spoons are in the same place in all of your stations because right that is not true for my husband's stations that's for sure I, i'm like I, if i go to try to cook it camera station I'm like what is this like a junk drawer what the hell yes yeah, me and my drunk drawer where's what's what's happening here like i can't even find a spoon in half of the stations like i don't like, even know is there really. even a, is there even a, a knife in here to cut anything with like what the heck is going Seriously. on we have a drawer oh just for knives so like they're like where's the knives there's no block. Oh, it's over here in this top right drawer. And then you open it. Oh my! All you hear this, and you're like, "What the hell?" And there's like literally 15 knives that are just dulling each other. That's like all they do oh is just dull. It just, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. I but, think. I think one thing that comes up with the feeling feeling like we're in the way too is, it is like pounded into your brain when you're on probation or when you're one of the newer guys on a fire department that if somebody is doing something. You need to be up in either helping or or doing something else. So like at home, it's hard to kind of like flip that switch from home to whatever. And so we get home and I see Emily uh, folding laundry or uh, you whatever. And it's like, oh, here, whatever. Get, I, I know how to fold a towel. Get away from me. And it's it's like that ingrained that in your brain. Is that why every time I'm in the kitchen, my husband has to be in the kitchen too? One yes, Chelsea. Yes. 100%. Yes. If somebody at the firehouse is cooking, you are, unless you are not a good cook, and then we kind of usher you out and tell you to wash the dishes afterwards. But if somebody's cooking, there's somebody should be setting the table or cutting vegetables or, you know, flipping burgers or something. There's somebody should always be in there doing stuff. So I'm like, well, you get out because I'm a talent. Okay. So my kitchen space, right? You know, um, I'm I, I want to be cooking by myself. I don't want yeah. three people in my kitchen with me, right? I couldn't be a firefighter for that very reason. Like, get out of my kitchen, leave me alone. That's I, I struggle. Yeah, like I I and so when he's like up in my business, I'm like, dude, will you go somewhere else? <laughs> we had <laughs> I'm relatively new on my fire department and I was working with two newer guys the other day and I was in there cooking and I could feel them like just hovering right here. They're like, Fred, Freddie, are you sure? Well, what can I do? And I'm like, um, set the table. It's set. You want me to cut some back? You want me to flip that bacon? You want to... I'm like, dude, can you like, I have timers going in my brain right now and I know that I have to flip the bacon and then I'm going to go over here and I have like four minutes to chop up this. And by the time I finish chopping this, I know I can go like if you start jumping in, it's messing everything up. And mm -hmm. so translate that to home. My wife says, you know, hey, I got 10 minutes to fold this laundry before the next load has to go in. And here I jump in and I start pairing socks or something. 
what are you doing? What are you doing? We have this running joke in our house with the kids when my husband, he's totally still on probation at the house. The kids will be like, mom, dad's being a firefighter again. Like he's hovering, he's hovering. Oh, like, yeah, I know. Just everybody chill. Like, he's on probation at the house. I'm no, going to so him in a shirt that says Proby. He needs a shirt that <laughs> says House Proby. Proby. House Proby. Yeah. Proby, like, Proby or Proby dad or Proby husband. Proby husband. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's, it, you're <laughs> right. It's ingrained at you at birth in the firehouse where you're like, I must be doing something because somebody else is doing something. I don't want to either look like I'm lazy or that I'm not ready at all times. But it's this constant, like, I can't sit down if they're not sitting down, kind of like in it. It's a hundred percent. Okay. It's so then crazy. This when I'm sitting down and I'm relaxing, why does my husband feel like he needs to go do something then? Oh, that's not the case in my house. <laughs> I don't know. I'm he can't sit still. I feel super uncomfortable. Like if Emily's sitting down and I'm like, okay, uh, am I, I should be doing something if she's rest, like, like, do you need permission it, it, to sit down on this? Yeah, because that's that. To be honest with you, unless you're a senior guy at the fire department, if 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 you sit down and there's senior guys doing something, you're wrong. That's mm-hmm. you should not mm-hmm. be doing it. So if you're sitting in a chair and there's a dude downstairs washing a truck, you're wrong. That's interesting. I mean, because like both of our husbands are captains now. But yeah. they see you as a they see you as a battalion. We're the captain still. So <laughs> I'm the captain and now. Always will wait. And now I know what the I know what my role is. I outrank him. Like that's it. That's it. I think we just got a promo. Mark that. <laughs> I'm the captain now. We're gonna have to make a meme about that tomorrow, Chelsea. I don't know. Yeah. Um yes. Do you guys um do you guys have um and I don't know how everybody else's department works, but uh, any type of Mando anxiety. Uh, and let me explain. And that is where you know that, um, like, for us, it, it is what it is. Like, we know it's coming up. But for the other side, I'm going to call it the other side of the fence. Just in my brain, it works better. But for the other side of the fence, like, okay, I know he's, like, next up to get Mandoed, and it would really work out great if it could be thursday there's overtime on thursday it sounds like he might get mandoed on thursday we only have a couple of activities with the kids so you know we can help out with parents and stuff we can make it work and then somebody swoops in and picks up the overtime last second and you don't get mandoed and then it's like oh crap now he's gonna get mandoed on you know daughter's dance recital or, or something like that um I thought I had this one, Audra, but this is more your wheelhouse. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll give you our Mando spiel because for us, Mandos are few and far between. Um, okay. My husband's department is very small. Um, typically, I mean, I think in 15 years, he's got Mando maybe 10 times in 15 years. Okay. Overtime is a different story, obviously, right? Right. Um, oh, stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mandos are way different. He he'll take overtime all day long, but Mandos he's maybe gotten I think maybe one a year. Maybe. And there's a last year was brutal, so that one didn't count. But so dude, there's enough I, people that pick up overtime that the Mandos don't happen. The guys are really good, and I say guys because unfortunately there's no females in that department currently. But the guys are really good at 
when somebody's going to get forced or mandated, they will step up and take the overtime. Usually. That's um, yeah, they they work really well together to make sure nobody's getting forced. Um, and they have a list. So, you know, if you know, you know where you're at in the Mando. And if something's coming up, um, especially for the older guys, we have a lot of young guys in our departments that have babies still and young kids. And so are the older guys that um, that can will just say, hey, if you have something going on, let me know and I'll take the overtime so you don't have to get mandoed. Um, that's the beauty of our department, really, truly, because we hear the worst stories. Um, Chelsea's a whole different animal. Uh, yeah, there. I have. I'll kind of speak to that a little bit with the whole forced mando, whatever you want to call it, held over, hold all. Yeah. Yeah, a whole different like beast. Um, so to answer your question, yes, there is Mando Force hold all anxiety for sure. Um, I know that in the summertime, because my husband, that's just the nature of the job, that there is going to be mandatory overtime. I mean, that's just the way it is. And I can tell you, I can tell him before he ever knows that he's getting forced, that he's getting forced. Like, I'm like, when were you when were you planning on telling me that you're going to that fire that's like, you know, out of county? Um, right? And you're laughing, but it's true. Right. I thought you had like some intel on his telestaff and you could see exactly when he's up for the <laughs> No, I'm like, so there's a there's a like for example, he worked in Clear Lake Oaks for a little while. Um, and I'm like, there's a fire in Sonoma County. When we tell Pauline, I'll tell him you're going to that and you're gonna be gone for three weeks. Like, you know, it'd be nice to know. Um, and they'll say this, like, I don't know how she knows, but she knows. Um, so, and there's been times when I know there's big fires in California and he's going on shift and I'm like, okay, see you in a month. Bye. You know? Um, and I think when the kids were little, it was a little harder because of course they had a lot more going on. We had toddlers, like they're running around their moms constantly on, um, all the time and has to be doing a lot of things. But now that they're teenagers, it, it's easier it i mean it's never easy for people to be gone out of your life that are supposed to be there like all the time but i think we have our things that we do and i just try to make it a good experience for them as much as possible um so like for example and we've talked about this millions of times on our podcast but um for example, my kids like to try new TikTok trend recipes. So when dad's gone for a long time, that's one of the things that we'll do. We're also big Marvel fans. So we'll do like Marvel Universe marathons or we'll order pizza and sit in the living room and we'll have movie night or we'll go out to ice cream, whatever, just to make the time a little bit more enjoyable and a time to kind of almost look forward to versus oh my god dad's forced on duty again we're not gonna see him for another 30 days this sucks you know like oh man when's dad getting forced again so we can have pizza <laughs> right and then also to minimize that like if he is at his station um we will try to go and visit him as much as we can um when it doesn't conflict with our schedule obviously at home so or his schedule at work or whatever so i mean there's been times that we visit him like at the hella base like you know during a huge fire because we can you know like mm -hmm. so um just stuff like that i think you know minimizes the sting a little bit 
but yeah, the anxiety is definitely there. It's, I don't think it ever goes away. You, you know, you guys I, have, even if do you guys have family in the fire service before you, like your dads and uncles and or whatever. I do not. Um, my actually, that's not true. My grandfather actually worked for CDF when CDF first started. Okay. But like, but nothing direct. The, the reason I brought no. it up is, is because like for me, like I, I didn't grow up with a dad in the, in the fire service. So I didn't know what it was like to be a kid of the fire service. And so my kids now are my first generation fire service kids, if you will. And so like maybe it's a little bit easier for them than we think because they're, this is just all they've known. I mean, I've been running 20 right. hour call or 20 hour shifts before, way before they were even born. And so now that they've come into our life, you know, they've just kind of adapted and, and probably it's probably way more harder. And this is what we're talking about between, you know, husband and wife than it is between, you know, like uh, dad and, and, and kids. But uh, I think it's, I think it's both. I, yeah. yeah, that they grew up with it. So it's all they know. Right. But I think it still stings a little when they know dad's not going to be home because there's things that they want to do with dad that they can't do with mom or vice versa. There's things they want to do with mom that they can't do with dad. And you can never replace the parent that's away um, fully. So I think you're right. I think it is all they know. So I don't know what would happen if we threw them into like, I'm going to say it, Audra, civilian life. Um, uh, oh, there. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what would happen if my husband all of a sudden was working a nine to five job and was home at five o'clock every night or was gone five days a week, nine to five, but home on the weekend. I don't know that they would be, I don't know that they would know what to do with that, but I think they'd probably eventually really be like, wow, so this is what the rest of the world feels like. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is for real. I okay. will say, I will say this is good to expand on. I think children of fire families are significantly more resilient and, um, and able to adapt and overcome and, and I'm not trying to cut down civilians. I'm waiting for reaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not trying to cut down those families because everybody, every family's different. But like, uh, my kids, much like Matt's, have only known me being in the fire service. I was hired six months before my son was born, and anymore, Christmas is not December 25th. It's the day that we open presents. You know, uh, birthdays, uh, it, it is your birthday on your birthday, but you you know, you have a party when dad's off work or Easter or what have you. And, and, and I really do feel like they, they adapt and overcome so well um, being a fire family uh, that any of those little um bumps in the road or, or or whatever they're my son has said before like oh okay yeah no big deal like i'll tell him hey bud I, you know i picked up overtime on friday so i'm, I'm you know i'm not gonna be able to take you to practice or something like that and he'd be like okay no big deal yeah they it almost is. expect it no yeah and they almost expect it like at least our kids do they almost expect it like for example my 13 year old is going to be playing football this year and I'm like okay well you're going to play football on Saturdays and I don't know if dad's going to be able to be at like every game and he's like I already knew that like you did not need to tell me that mom but at the same time I feel like we have to preload those conversations so there isn't that element of disappointment and I think that's where as 
fire families were really good about the communication piece. Um, and you're right. They are absolutely resilient and they absolutely expect you to not be able to make it to things that they're that may be important to them. That being said, I think it's really important that we do show up to the really important things, the things that they can't do again, like graduations. Yeah. You know, weddings, whatever. Um, oh, I know that our, our family in particularly makes sure that we take the vacation time during those important times. Last year being a this year being a perfect example of that. Aiden graduated from high school in June, and Cameron was like, "I can't miss graduation." So that's a, they took like three weeks off because he didn't want to miss scholarship night. He didn't want to miss uh, awards night. He didn't want to miss. So he had like three weeks off in June. So between May and June, but yeah. So I think it's really important that we also address the monkey in the room of. There are certain things that are really important and that we can't get back. That should not be missed. That yeah. should not be missed. And, and I've, I have heard so many people, and it's ironic to me. It's, it, it actually it kind of makes me angry that have told me that their husband's missed graduation because he had no work. And I'm like, how? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. a year ahead of time when your kid's graduating, you should be able to take vacation day. Like, what is that? Probably a little harder, I guess. I, You know. Without right. without condemning my son was no, right. baptized in January. In January. I'm on probation as a firefighter when I got hired. And I was at a, our um our type three station and we went out to like the Glendora Hills for a for a for a uh, for a strike team in January. And mm. and we get to our little rendezvous point and the you know, I'm on probation, so I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. But the chief goes, Hey, does anybody have anything coming up? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I have in like a week and a half I have this baptism. But I'm like, there's no way we're gonna be out past a week and a half or however long it was. Sure enough, it's like three days before and I go up to my captain, I'm like, I got this baptism and he's like, Oh my god. But they ended up they ended up um swapping out. I had a guy drive up and swap out with me. They were really cool about it. Um, you know, I, what they said behind my back, it's probably different. Um, Under your business. But it did. Yeah, but that ain't done you ask. Yeah. Because what right. happened when you asked? You, they were able to accommodate you, right? And I think that's part of the thing is like, especially when you're on probation, right? You're so scared to actually tell people you have a family and that you have right. stuff going on outside of your job that is important. Yeah. But it, it's amazing what happens and when I you think- have a decent captain and a, do, a, a decent battalion chief and they're like, dude, you need to go home. Like right, and th- that's, that's what that right. and that's what flipped the switch for me was I talked to my battalion chief on the phone and I'm like, chief, I have this thing, and he and he goes, dude, your family is number one, always, yes. and 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 he goes, this job is number two. Obviously, this job helps provide for your number one, and you understand that. But if we can make accommodation, which we can, all you gotta do is go up to talk to to the very scary strike team leader and tell him that, you know, you're going home because I ain't going to call him is what my battalion chief said. Um, but he was like a hundred percent for me. And it was just um, an amazing leadership uh, quality that he had that, you know, he basically made it happen for me and maybe, you know, want to ask him anyways. I- yeah. So I think there's also lies that we tell ourselves, right? We tell ourselves that, oh, this battalion chief or that battalion chief isn't going to support me and my family. And maybe we've been burned in the past. And that's why we're telling ourselves that lie. But like Audra said, like, just ask what's the worst that's going to happen they're going to say no and your lie is going to come true like right exactly exactly yeah it all it all worked out which was good don't put feelings in somebody else's head don't right yeah don't answer 
don't answer questions that you haven't asked yet. And that's, yeah, that's huge. And I guess with, with that being said, like be, try and be the guy, you know, you talk about trying to be like a good person in life and whatever, try and be the guy that, you know, is in tune. You don't even have to be an officer. Be the guy that's in tune with, with your crew. Like, Hey, uh, you know, like just this morning, congratulations, Kyle. We got a text on, on our unit thread. His wife just went into labor. So congrats, Kyle and Ashley. He, I I hope he listens. Otherwise, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. But um, like, so now there's a mental note in my head. Like, okay, this dude has a brand new baby at home and he's going to need doctor's appointments. He's going to need X, Y, and Z. So it's like, for me, if it's, and it sucks because he's on my unit and it's a harder for me to help out. But like in my mind, it's like, hey man, if you ever need a day off, let me know. I'll work four hours on a trade for you or I can hang over in the morning for you and stuff like that to where, you know, you're being a good, uh, you're being a good person and you're being a good uh, coworker and you're just, you're helping out that fire family. Cause realistically, if we're all going to try and do this on our own, we're all going to fail. We will all fail. If, if half of us try and help each other out, it'll be significantly better. Yep. 100%. And I think for us, like we don't have little kids at home. So, you know, sometimes I say no, but most of the time I say yes. They'll be like, can I pick up this overtime shift so that this person with a brand new baby doesn't get forced? Like, yeah, yeah unless we have something going on. Absolutely. I remember being that wife that had the husband that got forced when I was trying to take care of babies and things. So, yeah, just having a little bit of understanding and knowing where you came from, too, I think is like, yeah. real. Spot on. Hey, I was thinking about, right? I was thinking about a topic I wanted to ask you about was, um, so we're talking about how we work, you know, 24 hour shifts, but sometimes and most of the time it's 48, 72, 96, 120 whatever. And so let's say I just got off a of 72 and my buddies are saying, Hey, let's go out for a beer. And so I worked Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, go with I. Oh, they're, they're all, they're, they're all, you know, working nine to five. They got home, spent time with their wives and their kids Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but I'm at work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I get home Thursday. Hey, let's go. Hey, we're going to go hit some balls and, and get a beer. And I'm like, well, uh, I don't know how this is going to go over. Uh, I'll, maybe I'll ask, maybe I won't. But so it's kind of like the topic of me, whether or not I should go out for the beer and hit balls with the guys on that day. But it's mostly like. What do you, you guys have a lot of girlfriends and you guys have a lot of uh, friends that, that of, of husbands that don't are firefighters. So they don't work. They don't have our schedule. They don't have our routine, although they have their own, right? We're not putting down civilians. Um, uh, but it's, uh, I had to say, it. Um, but, but you know, like it's just a different dynamic. It's, 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 I, I've been at home for three nights with the kids and sports and, and dinners and breakfasts and lunches and school and all this kind of crazy shit. Whereas they've kind of had this like, mold of you know their husband's there every once in a while because they're at work and not at work whatever um but it's just a, a different it's a weird dynamic with your friends when they don't have that same schedule that we do um they've been at home all day or all week with their kids and then the husband finally comes home and wants to go out and get a beer so i don't know if you have anything to say about that or any uh, point any different points that i that i talked about i mean i think 10 years ago was a different story but i also had you know four kids in the house and three of them were under six. So it was like, please, God, don't go get a beer. I need, you know, an hour of like help. Um, 
but now it's totally different, you know? Um, granted, he still went out and played golf or whatever, but it was more like, it's kind of the same thing we've talked about. Chelsea and I talk about it all the time is like, check in, see what's going on. Does anybody have something to do? Like, you know, how's the wife feeling today? Maybe she is really, really needing a break or, you know, how's the spouse at home doing? Um, kind of just, it's just, again, it's about communication and, and checking in and making sure like everything is cool and then just doing what you need to do. I mean, my husband plays golf all the freaking time now, <laughs> but I'm like, it's fine. I don't care. You know, the teenagers are pretty self, you know, self-contained or whatever. And we don't need him not that we don't need him home as much, but they, I don't need as much help as I did. Right. Um, and on days when I do, I'm like, dude, please don't golf today. I need, like, I have this going on. Like he's out there taking care of whatever the heck they're doing. I can hear dishes, um, going because I'm like, I got to record and I need you to deal with whatever's happening. Um, it, so stuff like that. It's more just like, you got to communicate with your spouse and know like where you guys are at, whether or not, you know, they have plans, who has plans, who's doing what. Um, and if you're even, you know, feeling like, yeah, I can, you know, use a couple of hours by myself or whatever. Because sometimes, I mean, maybe you get that, you know, uh, invitation. And you're like, dude, I really don't want to go. But I also don't want to say no to these people, you know. So it's like, do you need the wife to be like, no, please don't go. Or do you need the wife to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. And then you're like, shit, I don't want to go anyways, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm really lucky because mine doesn't really want to do any of that stuff. He gets off if he wants to see his family. So I don't really have much to say about that other than, yeah, use your wife as a scapegoat if you really don't want to go out, you know? Yeah. I do it for my husband all the time. I'm like, nah, Damien's at work. I can't go. Like, <laughs> yeah. Are you, are, you, are you girl, are you ladies good at, at making like date nights with your friends and just going out with your girlfriends or do you guys? Oh, yeah. you, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm at home body though, so like I mostly want my girlfriends to come here, and I do that when he's on shift, so I'm not taking away from our time together. So yeah, it, and I, I, it doesn't. I just do whatever. I don't know. We uh, <laughs> we like our uh, time with our friends uh, and our time with each. I mean, we've been married for 21 years. It's like yeah, okay. I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with you. I'm gonna go have a drink with my girlfriends. Like right. we're good. What do we uh, talk about that we haven't said already? Right, exactly. No. Um, <laughs> we schedule our own date nights and then we schedule our friend dates and, and it, it works really well for us. Yeah, I just thought How about you with the new babies down there? Well, that's what it is. We're just at home the whole time. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go out into the bathroom. Yeah, he's scheduling date nights with his babies. Come on now. Right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, 3 a.m. feeding. Right? 3 a.m. date nights. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, oh my it's, God. Bottle, it's bottle service at the Unky house. Yeah. Lucky you're a better man bottle than service. I, man. Goodness. That's just bottles. Sheesh. So there's one, uh, there's one, there's one other, uh, there's a couple, but, uh, so compassion fatigue. Was uh was was a was a uh, topic that you guys just covered, and it's very interesting to me because, um, I never realized that it existed, if that makes sense, um, and I think I think I understand it a little bit, 
Um, but if you want to expand on it, it's it's basically like, yeah, you were at work and you were up all night. I get it, but Jimmy was throwing up all night and I didn't get to end the call and go back to the station and play Xbox. I was up all night too. So how dare you? Uh, put on your big boy pants and help out around here. So is is that like the cliff notes? Of the compassion fatigue, like you do, you do understand that we didn't sleep, but you really don't. Yeah, I feel like you nailed it. That's it. That's the cliff notes. I don't think there's anything more to say. <laughs> no, we're, we all we're, knew. Let's, we all knew it. We knew it. Draw a line in the sand. There's two sides of compassion fatigue, right? There's the compassion fatigue you guys feel at work. Yeah, and it's the it's the routine calls and the shit that you have to deal with every day when you're just like. No, I'm done with this. You guys are all full of shit. I, this is ridiculous, right? And it's the same thing with us at home. And we're like, dude, I don't want to hear it today. Get in here, do what you got to do. So it it works both ways for works for us, works for you, right? We're we're just everybody is at this not all the time, but at this level where you're just like, I don't care. Like, I'm sorry you had a shitty night, but we still have to do stuff. So move on, right? It's the same thing, you know, when you go on a call and. You go to the same person's house over and over again, and you're like, oh my God. We don't do that. What do you mean? <laughs> Every show up to the same, you know. In their own right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. When, you know, you show up to the same campfire that's gone off five times, and you're just like, okay. You hit the nail on the, you hit the nail on the head. It goes both ways, for sure. And And God bless my wife's heart. She's so selfless that if you were to say that to her right now, if she was to come behind me and you say the, that word compassion fatigue, she'd be like, oh yeah, Matt has compassion fatigue. You know, every time I pass by somebody or I'm driving and somebody doesn't use their blinker, I, yeah, I go, I, I go off. I'm like, I, like, you couldn't just use your blinker. Like I just, sometimes people just piss me off. And then of course, like there's another whole subset of people that, that we run on a lot at work and you just have compassion fatigue. And I mean, of course at work, you know, you treat everybody like a human being. It doesn't matter what walk of life. And I believe there's a lot, you know, there might be a small uh, percentage of people that have even a hard time being compassionate towards those types of people. But um, I'd like to uh, say that a majority, a heavy majority of the people do. In fact, we just had a, a conversation about that exact topic with a paramedic intern who doesn't know shit from Shinola and he's treating guys we have we have a, a jail in our in our town and and he's treating this guy like he's a thug and afterwards we had to be like dude you don't talk to a human being like that it doesn't matter if he's in jail it doesn't matter if he's at you know we uh, we also have a homeless encampment uh in the in the the uh the canyon for people that don't have the means to have a place to stay and so we go out there a lot and so it's, you just treat them like a human being. We see them for 15, 20 minutes. And then if they go to the hospital, we, we push them off on the nurse. You know what I mean? And it's their problem. You know, it's their deal now. I wouldn't say problem, but it's their deal. You know, like they got to take care of this person. So anyways, yes, that's the nice part about being a, a paramedic. But uh, compassion fatigue is a real deal for sure. And it goes both ways, just like you said. So you hit the nail. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is, is there a good way to uh, approach that or deal with it? Within within this relationship between first responder and 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 fire spouse fire wife, I think it goes back. Yeah, I think yeah, right. Um, I think that it goes back 
to communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi, I'm having a hard time right now because I've been stuck home with the kids or I have something going on at work or, you know, just making sure that everybody knows and is on the same page about how everybody's feeling. I think it's a lot easier to be compassionate with someone even during compassion fatigue if you know the truth of how they're yeah. feeling and being and what they've seen at work and what it just goes back to that communication piece. That's everything when it comes to this stuff, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. So so I have a question. Um, and I get this get this a lot and, and she might not even realize she does it. So we're about to break the glass on this, but do you remember she's lose- gonna listen to this? I know she's absolutely gonna listen to this and, and babe, this happens all the time. Um do you guys lose ownership of your children when they do something incorrectly? Example, the phone rings. You need to talk to your son. And I was like, oh, he's my son now. Okay, not our son. No, okay. And it's, what did you do? And then so, um, no. Well, are you, no. do you mean your wife does that when you're on duty? Yes. Like if I'm at work oh, no. and, and like mm. my son mm-hmm. does something, it's like, hey, you need to talk to your son. No, 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 I don't. We don't. I think Chelsea and I are in agreement with this. I tend to not put the burden on my husband when he's away because I know he's dealing with his own shit and I don't want to give him the shit that's come that's at home because it's already stressful enough. Um, And I mean, what the what are you going to do on a phone call? Right, dude, stop acting like a fool. Like, no, I actually have a spin on that, though. So we talk about everything Um, we have. We have. Date night chats. So every day, for however long, we have a phone call from work. Um, get his face. Um, oh, sorry. So, my daughter is making a necklace, and she just held it upside down, and all the beads fell off. Oh, <laughs> that sucks. I know. It was, I know her pain. She I know goes, her pain. Is this pretty? And I go, yeah. And then she grabbed it, and it fell, and I went, oh no. So, what was I saying? Oh. So we have our our everyday phone call, what happened at work, what happened at home. So he's very aware of all of the things happening at home. I don't burden him with discipline pieces while he's at work. So if the kids really screw up, then they know if it's while dad is gone, they're getting mom and he's probably more lenient than I am they're going to get the book thrown at them. So from me. Yeah. Um, and he totally backs me up on that when he comes home. Right. But I'm not calling him being like, you need to talk to your kids. They're out of freaking control. You know? Um, See, I so- personally, and this may be just me, it makes me, it, it's that connection. You know how we're talking about the being in the way or whatever. Um, it makes me feel like I am still connected to the household if you know uh you know something happens at home that they're not supposed to do minor major i mean we have really good kids they really don't do a lot of big mess ups or whatever but it still it gives me that 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 connection still that that so, uh, that I, I am still a part of of right. the process yeah. that it's not so, i have I to come home and download everything right so i would recommend Doing exactly what Cameron and I do, the daily check-in, right? 
whether it's through a text, an email, a phone call, whatever. And being on the same page about what the discipline pieces are so that she can deliver the discipline and then maybe you can back her up um, while you're at home because that way she's not losing ownership of her kids, right? Right. (laughs) Um, And you're not now taking ownership of your kids. You're both owning your kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think if it works for you, I think that's cool. It's not going to, you know, everybody's different. Every parent is different. Every you know, relationship is different. So if it works for you, I think um, keep doing it until it doesn't work, you know, until you feel like, okay, this is actually a burden on me. This is stressing me out at work or, you know, whatever the case may be, then then just have a conversation about it and change it. Um, but I don't know. That's crazy. I don't, I... Uh, I mean, I, ca- I catch myself saying your, your son or the, something like that, but it's never really like, you need to go deal with this. It's more just a joke. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, please, please yeah, talk about what your kids did today. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's <laughs> like us. <laughs> are, are you to your child? Are you, are you guys uh, the type that call or text like twice an hour or are you guys like twice a day or like once a day? What, what, what do you guys do? Cause I, I work uh, with, I work with guys where they'll talk to their significant others or their kids just, or, and, or their kids at least twice an hour. Like their, their phones just ringing know. off the hook. Right. Yeah. And whereas yeah. I, Kelsey, my wife and I have always been reading like maybe once during the day, maybe if there's something that we need to talk about, but it's always before bed. Like if I don't call her yeah, before yeah. I go to bed, then that's like a weird thing. Or if she doesn't call me by yep. a certain time, then. You know, I know like maybe something's wrong or whatever, but, um, but yeah, I, I've worked so, with guys, their phones are just like ringing. I'm like, dang. Yeah, that's, no, that's not. Mm-mm. Um, so Cameron and I have our nightly phone call before bed. That's pretty much when it happens. Um, but I mean, we text throughout the day, not in like an overly crazy way. Like he'll text me or I'll text him, but it's not like all the time constantly. Yeah. Right. No. No, unless there's something significant going on that we do absolutely have to address, that's just not happening. I feel like, I feel like, as a person that's been an employee and an owner of a business, I would not want my my people on their phones all day long. Like that's just distracting. Um, so I try to, I try to let him text me. And yeah, then I respond. And I, and I'm yeah. just more curious because like anybody that's listening to this that gets phone calls a few hour, times an hour, like that, that works for them. You know what I mean? And I'm, right. I'm so I was just kind of curious and I work with all kinds of, you know, the the whole gamut of however many phone calls or text messages they get throughout the day. Um, so I don't yeah. think. There's yeah, really no, we don't do that either. Yeah. And how do you how do you guys feel like if 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 a whole, and then I guess you kind of answered it. But like there's times where like for us, Mondays are our, we have it's our in-depth truck checks and we have to clean the station, uh, check the state like. Mondays are our long days. I, we're working until four or five, sometimes the clock in uh, with, with just a lunch break. And there's times where it's like, oh crap, it's like already five o'clock and I haven't, I haven't talked to Emily yet. And like, I almost feel guilty to the fact that I haven't reached out. Like, um, it does it go through your mind? It's like, dude, what's going on there? I haven't talked to him all day. Uh, cause that's how sometimes I feel. It's like, oh crap, I need to reach out cause I haven't, I haven't, you know, texted her or talked to her at all today. And it's not, it's not out of like forgetfulness. It's more of like, man, it was just nine 30 and now all of a sudden it's five o'clock and 
Right. We've been going. No, I mean, it's the same for it's the same for us at home, right? It's like we're doing stuff. Uh, we're busy. I mm-hmm. I don't expect him to check in because I know he's working and he's busy too. So unless there's some major event um, or something that he like needs to know right away, I I'm good. I mean, I know uh, like Matt said, if if I don't hear from him at some point, like usually toward the end of the evening, I'm like, huh, what's going on? They must be busy or something. Um, then I'll just shoot him a text like everything okay, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know. Um, but it's like, you know, I'm working. I'm at home. I'm doing my stuff. I, I also, not that I don't want to be bothered, but it's like I'm not necessarily going to have time to check in with you. So I don't expect you to check in with me kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a little bit of a spin on that too. Um, so we obviously know that we're going to talk at some point during the evening and he has asked me if you do not hear from me like if I haven't said let's chat at such and such time dude just remind me because I might have been busy and it's not that I'm don't want to talk to you it's that I've just been busy and so I think that like hey what time do you want to chat um is definitely a thing he's saying something to me or he forgot. That's what he's saying. <laughs> right. Hello, hello, friend. Hello, friend. I'm yeah. I'm I'm in my earbud, but they said hello. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just, uh, it's just circumstantial. It's like you know what what's your relationship need? I, that's all it is. Is like if like some maybe some wives at home need to talk to you every once in a while just to kind of like get some like they need to talk talk something through. You know what I mean? Get some stress off their chest or whatever. It is just like. You know, that that's what they need. Yeah. And it's just like you said, like there are, I mean, I know some that like I'll be talking to my husband and I hear he's on, he's like, yeah, so-and-so's talking to blah, blah, blah again. And I'm like, again? Oh, okay. Like that, if that's what they need, that's fine. But for me, I'm like, what's day is good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. They're cold on me so much. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because we, I was just having this conversation with my husband's partner the other day. He told me that he doesn't keep his red receipts on his phone, even for his family. I don't have that either. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't want his wife being like, you read this an hour ago. Where is my text message back, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we have our red receipts on. And I'm like, if he didn't answer me, he's probably busy. Like, it doesn't, like, totally doesn't yeah. bother me. But, you know, there's, everybody's different. So, yeah. I mean, and typically if my husband is calling me more than once, when he's at work it's because he has some i mean for him he's got some shit going on at work that he needs to talk about and he can't talk about it with other people so um i mean other than that about those people exactly when he's like i'm gonna i'm coming unglued here i need a minute like and i just you know i need a sounding board and i'm like okay tell me what's going on Remind um, me not to pick up OT on B-Shift ever again. <laughs> we won't talk about that here, okay? It's more like a text message. <laughs> That's a home conversation, okay? He's like, it's an even bigger flex when you're sitting at the kitchen table with all of them. Remind me not to pick up overtime on this show oh ever God. again. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, gosh. So, primarily, who does who does the cooking... Um, uh, for you guys, because for the most part, um, on days that I'm off, I cook. Emily does a a, a a great job of feeding the kids when I'm when I'm gone. She doesn't 
she doesn't like to cook. She does cook and she does a good job. Um, but when your husbands come home or Matt or Unky, like, are you guys the primary, like, all right, Freddie's home. He's, he's for, he's on his four day. I know I got four nights where I don't have to cook. Um, what's the, I guess the, no, we take turns. So I know that, uh, in, I do my research. I know that, uh, we both kind of have a very similar, um, uh, way I don't want to say to end, but that we that we do at some point during the podcast. You guys uh, uh, do it. I can't a hot seat. I think you call it right. Mm-hmm. It's a dispatching term. Research. Um, <laughs> That's it. We it's call a dispatching it, term. We call it. Uh, we call it. What do we call it? The, the turnout drill. The yeah. hot wash. The I don't know. We it's we do we it all the. Oh, we're figuring it out. We're figuring. We're like 29 episodes in and we still don't have a name for it. So, so we're killing it. Um, but uh, we like to do some questions. I know uh, you ladies like to. So I don't know if you have them uh, prepped and ready to go, but we can we can do like a, a lightning round rapid fire if you want. We can all ask each other questions and we can. Uh, we have I've, we have nothing prepped, but we can we can uh, we can. I, I have a script from yesterday. We're good to go. Let's go. Call it. Oh, there Follow. we go. All yeah. right. So this is this is one of our favorites that we ask every time. Is uh, uh, anybody that you could have uh, a meal with, lunch, whatever, uh, dead or alive, doesn't have to be in the fire service, but anybody you would ever um, want to have a meal with. For me, Audrey Hepburn. Ooh. Okay. I like that. I like that. You like that? Is he that right away? Yeah. Princess Diana. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Oh, the so good. Princess. princess. That's that's awesome. Uh, it's funny. Uh, we were talking. We had uh, Jillian Crane on. She's the president CEO of the uh, First Responder Children's Foundation, and uh, we uh, did a collaboration with Taylor's Tins to try to uh, get them some money. And so she was, uh, she was so awesome. She came onto the podcast and we did that, that question. And, uh, she had made a mention that all of us used men and we were like, oh my gosh, we did. That's, you know, like, and she even used a man and she was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I feel like I should have said a woman, but, um, the, now I, with you, with the, the two women. So I thought that was kind of cool. I don't remember what <laughs> Jillian said. Do you remember? Uh, no, not off the head. Doesn't matter. She's not here. Okay, so cells. answer, because that's that's actually one of our questions is if you could have dinner with three people that are alive, oh. who would they be? All right, well, that that works. So she actually flipped it on us and, and made us answer. And I'm going to stick with mine, but I get to add two more, so I like it. Um, I said Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a huge, huge baseball fan. But to uh, 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 throw it in there, uh, I'm going Jimmy Buffett is going to be at the table also. I'm a huge parrot head. Uh, love it. And then I'm going Gordon Ramsay. Ooh. Oh my God. You want to get like assaulted mentally by Gordon Ramsay? I, I want to be, I want to be an idiot sandwich. I, oh I think that I want to hear what Jimmy Buffett has to say to Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. That would be a very interesting dinner with Babe Ruth. Jimmy Buffett and Gordon Ramsay. Dude, that is so funny. Unk, how about you? What's your three? Well, 
I've heard uh, had dinner with a lot of people than dead. Um, but I really, I really never thought of it. Um, I just do a candlelight dinner with Matt because Matt has not then done any face to face with us. You, you see Nick, Doug seen me, Doug seen Nick. So I would do a candlelight dinner, some salmon, garlic and herb with olive oil with Matt. Oh, my garlic God. and herb. Okay. That's one of Unky's big uh, seasonings is garlic and herb. And Matt only eats salmon. If you watch his videos, he only eats salmon. Or that is not true. That, that is not true. I, I did a video. That, salmon. I did a video and this kid, this punk kid, makes a comment on my video. And he goes, if I were you and I had a heart attack, all I would eat is chicken. And I'm like, well, if I was you, then I wouldn't be me. And I would probably do something bad to myself. I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> the guy that does nothing. Freaking give me cramp. Uh, Man, who's your three? I don't know. I don't have to. Uh, I, I would definitely sit down and eat uh, with Jim Carrey. I'm a slapstick kind of comedy guy. I've been watching him since 1990, whatever, four. I was 10 years old when Pet Detective came out. Best movie what, best movie of all time for me. is not my, That's my number one. Wedding Crashers is my number two. Um, I, I'm a huge, I, I love comedy. I think that comedy it makes you happy and gets you through the day. Um, who else would I sit down with? Uh, a baseball. I, I would want to sit down with, uh, probably, uh, I'd want to sit down with, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. I'm a big baseball fan like he is. Kid. He, yeah, he, Kid. and he just, he's amazing. In fact, uh, I used to have another podcast. The guy worked for the angels, uh, on that would come on our podcast all the time. And he was in the dugout when Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. went back to back. Uh, home runs. So I thought that was kind of cool. I'd sit down with them. Um, then the third one, um, no politicians. I hate politics. I think they're all crazy. Um, I would sit down with uh, Goofy from Disney. Nice. I love Gorshi. I would sit down with Goofy. Goofy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's. I don't really have a good reason why. I just think he's awesome. I feel like Goofy and Jim Carrey would be BFFs. Oh yes. my gosh, the three of us together! Oh man! All right, how about uh, how about uh, ladies' favorite Christmas movie? So mine is Serendipity. I celebrate Christmas. It's Serendipity, Serendipity. the best movie ever. Okay, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the original. Oh, classic, classic one. The classic. It is my least favorite movie. <laughs> I know. I know. Chelsea, I'm sorry. I literally hate that movie. The fact that it is. We are about to break up it. a podcast here. <laughs> so offended right now. Chelsea, <laughs> to help you out, your, your movie, I've heard of. Yeah. Oh, we've never Serendipity. seen it, but he, Serendipity's good. The, Never heard of it. Oh, oh my god, it is so good. Well, to be fair, I, I watched actually one, may, maybe one Christmas me- movie, and I'll only play Christmas music for an hour at the house on Christmas Day. That's it. Oh, now oh, we're gonna start okay. Christmas about hot to actually change my answer. Oh, to Die Hard. Yeah, that's not a yes. Christmas mu- movie. 
Hey, you watch it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I knew that. Watch it. I knew that. It is not before. Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off the Nakatomi Tower. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Uh, go ahead. Um, let's see. What's your favorite joke? Go ahead, man. Tell us your best damn joke. Oh my gosh. Off the top of my head. Uh, here, I'll go, because I use this one all the time. All the time. Uh, what do you get when you cross, when somebody asks you, like, hey, uh, what time are we leaving for the for the thing? I'm like, ah, what do you get when you cross an elephant or rhino? Elephant. <laughs> what do you call a uh, witch on a beach? <laughs> what do you call a witch on a beach? What? A sandwich. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, geez, effort. I don't. I don't have nothing off the top of my head. <laughs> Got nothing. Twin Rainman. Yeah. Um. When somebody says right, I go left. <laughs> uh. Huh. We have this one, and I don't ask it enough, and we really should. If you could, if if you could play one song every time you walked into a room, what would it be? This is easy. The bitch is back. Well, that song. Audra's just the 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 hamster is spinning. I feel like it's a Tupac song. I feel like it's a Tupac song. It was actually going to be an Eminem song, but now I took it back. Oh, nice. Eminem? I love it. Real Slim Shady, please stand up. Till I Collapse is my like. Oh, Till I Collapse is a really Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, any Tupac song for sure. He worked. Dear Mama. There you go. He worked at a a restaurant at the end of my street when he was. Really? Yep. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. I love, I'm a huge Eminem fan. Uh, Oddly. Wait, is it us? No, no, it's you guys. We have another one, Charles? If you don't, I have one to finish this off. What is your motto in life? <laughs> I think God what he said, his, if you tell him to go adopt, he goes right. Is that right, Unc? Let's eat. Let's eat. <laughs> let's My eat. motto. That can't, that can't be wrong. I I really like um it's it's actually a Jimmy Buffett song. Actually, I don't know if it's a motto, but it's more of a mantra like to think about. It's um breathe in. Wish you were beautiful. Yes. Uh but it's breathe in, breathe out, and move on. I find myself saying that very often, and it's uh, it's definitely something that that I want to add uh, as a tattoo um, somewhere. I'm I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to lobby uh, the boss here for like a quarter sleeve, um, and we'll see. I think she listens to this podcast. Um, <laughs> we're trying to lobby for a for a quarter sleeve, and and I wanted to incorporate something to the effect of like some palm trees and. Breathe in, breathe out, move on, because it's. I think it works in in a lot of situations where you get frazzled or um, upset about something, and just 
Hold on. All right. Move on. I got one for you, Fred, then. Okay? You yeah. make a fist yeah. and let it go. That's what you do. There you go. Like that? Oh. Yep. There you go. Hey, Ch- okay, this one's for Chelsea. I think we can finish up. Uh, is uh, Mickey Mouse a cat or a dog? Is Mickey Mouse a cat or a dog? What? Mouse. Is that a philosophical question? <laughs> no. So confused. What is going on right now? <laughs> is this his inter- is this his spirit animal? Oh wow. Oh, what is it? There we go. That's a good way to end. I know that's the second time I've mentioned Disney too. That's kind of weird. Yeah, you're a Disney. You know we're Disney nerds. No, we're Disney nerds. Oh, I didn't know he's that. Oh man. Doug would have been Doug would have been no silly, he's a mouse. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look at it. Be upset. He's a huge Disney nerd. Andy oh, is the biggest fire department. Oh, all right. We then very good. Actually, Chelsea, your husband wins. Wow. Our biggest fire department, I think. No, second largest in the world. No, to no, all of us. Yes, but it's so it's and so it's bigger than Doug's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bigger than Doug's. How many kilometers does that do they cover? <laughs> the entire California state. Oh, so like seventy-two fathoms. Uh, fa- okay. I think that's the metrics. It's not in random in random measurements. <laughs> any idea how many miles it's long? I got those. Uh, one of, also- all of us what, in a previous podcast, one of us mentioned something about meters or some type of measurement in Europe, and and Don about had an aneurysm about it. Yes. Oh my gosh. That, so it was you, Matt, and I kept texting you and like looking up different measurements and just trying to squeeze them in the rest of the episode. It was mad. It was <laughs> <literally> mad. <laughs> All right. Oh, ladies, 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 this this has been incredible. This is uh, by far one of the best episodes that we've had. I appreciate so much that you gave us this time. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed yourselves. Hopefully this is something that uh, maybe we can do more often. This was this was uh, super fun. I feel like we only scratch the surface too. I feel like there's yeah. so much more that we could that we could cover. But um, thank you so much to Audra and Chelsea from the Dear Chiefs podcast. Check them out on Instagram and where you can find podcasts. They are pushing Instagram content out all the time. They have an Etsy store. Go get your wives that super crazy tumbler uh they're gonna love you for it i bought my wife one today uh thank you so much for coming on and uh we will check you out next time thanks for having us guys thanks so much this has yep. been fun thanks for coming on shift change thank you shift change roll it gg before you leave hit that subscribe button Turn on notifications and give these firemen a huge thumbs up. Also, make sure you check out thecoolfireman.com for more. Thanks!